We have a special guest. Yes, yes, yes. This is our longtime friend, Jennifer. Say hello to everybody. Hello. What do I call you? Do I call you Pedro or Pete? Yeah, you can call me Pedro or Pete. Either one of those okay. is fine. She's one of the few people that knows me as Pete still. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's I will. I accept that term. I'm the it's fine. only one that calls you Pete. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's it. And the other guy. And me. You know, there was someone this weekend we just met. The father of uh, one of the children at our one of the father one of the kids at our oh our daughter's birthday. Yeah, I, I'd said uh, Pete to him because the way he said uh, Pedro, like Pedro. Well, just he mangled it, and so I was like, "You just call me Pete, Pete." Yeah, you got that. That's fine. That works way better. So I, I like that. I like that. How do you mangle Pedro? Yeah, I know, right? But hey, listen, he was Indian, so sometimes that accent hits a little. He's Pakistani. Oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. Okay. Yeah, my mistake. He is Pakistani. You're right. Thank you for correcting me in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. He is Pakistani. Should I say Pakistani? Pakistani. This is what we talk about with the accent. Bit. We're American. We can say Pakistani. Okay. This, you know how I make that joke every. Yeah, every time. Americans talk about bicycling. They be, they get a baguette and a beret. Oh, do you see the Tour de France? I have no idea why that's the one word we say with an accent. The Tour de France. You know, well, because I don't know, Tour de France. Yeah, it just sounds better. Yeah, there's so many there's so many ways. Yeah, you say <laughs> Tour de France, like you just sound like a yeah, hick. That, like you yeah, just step you out of your like pickup it. truck. <laughs> I'm good enough to go to that Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> All right, podcasting. Oh, that's right. We're talking about a movie. We're talking about a movie <laughs> this week. Uh, this week's film is The Crazies. We never thought it would happen. Nobody gets in or out of that town now. Is that clear? The girl just died. How do you intend to let the people know about all this? We were asleep. They dragged us right out of the house. Are we under martial law? Don't talk to me or anybody else unless you get a voice print check. Oh, hell's broke loose in town. Nobody knows what's going on. Now, look, you just can't push us around this way. We've got to get a nuclear weapon in the air above that town. This is, uh, yeah, this is uh, 1973 George Romero's The Crazies and uh, Breck Eisner's uh, update in 2010. Yeah. Was I supposed to watch those? Preferably, yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's okay. You can just wing it. I've never even seen Black Christmas. The the first okay. the first movie is was a little like rough a little bit because it was yep. so old and like yeah well let, let's let's I get do. into it let, let me let, let yeah. me just let, let me set the scene of yeah. 1973 <laughs> because like we we talk about independent movie today and there's no such thing as like an independent movie that you ever get to see because movies are so expensive and somehow they have stars oh. in them even the movies that are independent. And it's just independent doesn't really exist in that way anymore. It's very corporate. Like mm-hmm. the independent movies you see are still made by A24 with a couple million dollars budget and somehow have Selena Gomez in them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> this is not what independent film was in 1972. George Romero's a fucking renegade out there with a madman with a giant ass film camera. And what's the budget on this? Like, like 50 grand? I didn't even look that up. What? <laughs> 275,000. 275,000. I want to say by the way, actually like processing the film costs a lot of money. Th- that's a really minuscule budget yeah. for like everything that's in this movie. But I will well, say you can kind of tell the audio was Oh yeah. So yeah, that's what you get with a, a low budget movie. Like the audio here is is painful at times. Like it really is. But like yes, it, it did really feel like a George Romero movie. I mean, it had I mean Night of the Living Dead that I I immediately felt that presence. Yeah. Just not, not the zombie theme or anything, just the, the overall look and quality and how it was directed. Just, you know. Yeah. It feels Romero. Yeah. It does. It does like, this, like, him. like this is an authentic, like piece of cinema. It's a guy just trying to express yeah, himself and get an idea out there. Yeah. It really is. There's no other agenda to it. And that's, that's interesting. Like, l- listen, the movie hasn't aged well. Spoiler. It just hasn't. It hasn't. <laughs> It uh, I mean, it, 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 I had a hard time with this movie. It's not one of his better films, but I still recommend this to people. Like, I would still say anybody check out Romero's The Crazies, especially if you like Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Like, those are two really yeah. good movies. And and by the way, for the real film fans out there, go check out Martin. That's a vampire film Romero did in between The Crazies and Dawn of the Dead. 
and it's one of the best vampire movies ever made, and nobody ever fucking talks about it. Yeah. We'll cover it one day, but I just wanted to bring that up right now for everybody. I'm going to make this I'm a clip really I put on TikTok. Lie. Go and watch Martin. What was that? Okay, so I said, I'm not going to lie. I w- went to go watch the movie, right? And I started folding laundry and I'm watching the movie and then I was like I think I need a nap <laughs> and then and oh yeah then. like it ain't perfect <laughs> that's why I got the compliments out of the way <laughs> and the next day I was like okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do it right I'm gonna do it so I fold laundry again because I do that every day anyway I'm watching this movie and I mean <clears throat> The part that really got my attention was more towards the end when the father was raping his daughter. Yes. I yes. was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That uh, shocked me as well. And that's like a and then, disturbing. Well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, but I mean, I, I didn't find it disturbing where I was like, oh my God, my life is ruined. I just was like, oh, okay. You got my attention now. So yeah. I decided to watch the rest. but it took that to really get my attention a lot of guys were running around and just i don't know in the white suits and a lot of i don't know men talking it's boring yeah there is a lot of like (laughs) military guys talking about ultimatums and morality (laughs) and it it is an interesting take that that I, i find weird today is the military isn't just a bad guy in the movie. Yes, they do some shitty things, but they're not really portrayed as like the evil. Yeah, like yeah. it normally is. Um, I don't know when we start talking about the new one, but I, I do have to say I thoroughly enjoyed that one much more than the original. Well, we'll get to that. We have a few more things to say about that. We try to cut it up for one movie and then go to the other one. Well, your, your chain of events on your podcast, so. But we're fine. still talking about the old one. Okay. Yeah. How did this movie get made? A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. That's how this sucker got made. Uh, no, I mean, this really, I, I, obviously, I'm a film nerd, clearly, but I listen well, to the commentary track idea. on, go ahead. It's a good idea. You know, I do love the idea. Yeah, like, th- there are some bonus points to give Romero for trying to pull this off in 1973, or like 71 or 72 sure. when he shot it, because this is way ahead of its time. It's a low budget. Yeah, a movie about a virus is something, America, that wasn't even something in the consciousness at all. You know, and this this movie gets ripped off pretty hard by something like Outbreak in, ni- like, 93. Remember that movie? Yeah. Dustin yeah. Hoffman. Yeah, and that movie borrows a lot of themes from it, but that movie doesn't have the balls that this one does by mm-hmm. a long shot. Uh, but it is a much better made film. <laughs> so I'm not going to say it's not, but, it, you know, it's it's just sort of popcorn entertainment. This movie... Is a B movie, but you know Romero's always trying to make a social statement, even if he's going to punch you in the face with that idea. Yeah. Well, he made a social statement enough for there to be a remake. Yeah, exactly. And this is and this is what we talk about all the time: the movie that begs for a remake. Yeah. A very yep. cool idea that wasn't really able to get done like it should have, but just enough of that idea is presented well enough, and that's how good Romero is as a director to kind of pull that yep. out of that small budget. Yeah. No shit, right? Yeah. It's an achievement in that respect. <laughs> yes, I think so. I do kind of like the, the beginning of this movie, though, with the crazy guy that destroys his house. I did and... the beginning. Yeah. I, and I watched the beginning twice. So, but it's just a little farther in. And I'm a little ADD. Like, oh, I had a hard time, too. Things. Yeah, no, it's not the easiest one of his movies to follow in that. Because it, it, it does, like I said, like you pointed out earlier, it's a lot of guys talking at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just really descends to that. And, and listen, I understand that all that has a point. It really does, but that doesn't make it entertaining. Do you think the, yeah. the movie uses its budget well? Fuck yeah. I mean, like, you know yeah. it's cheap, but like, you don't really feel like, God, what a cheap piece of shit. You just know like, okay, obviously that's the best they could do. I mean, a motherfucker, they well, light on fire at one point. I I felt the the whole Night of the Living Dead vibe from it, you know. I I sensed the same director, of course, and and I enjoyed that part because I do like him as a director. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah. I've always appreciated Romero's work, and it wasn't until he got older that things got you know lousy from him. But a lot of filmmakers lose it when they get old. So 
it's not that that big a deal. You know, a lot of his work is fantastic, especially since he rarely ever had a big budget. Do you find yep. that the yeah. leader of the military is a good character? Yeah, yeah, I, I think he he is actually. You know, because he's just a, a guy doing a job, and that's what I really I appreciate about him. Talking about the Are black guy. The, yeah, the black guy. Yeah. His name we all don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anyone on the show right now. I didn't write his name names. down. I just watched this movie like an hour ago. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not retain that information. No, but I, you know, I, I did. I liked him. Yeah, because even like one point like, when he's even telling them, he's like, "Listen, I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm I'm a combat guy. I just yeah. was off the, to that day, and so they just sent me in." I think that's a theme, you know, that you you even see carried over it late in the remake as well. But you know that that movie is very clear cut about the military being the bad guy. But th- this movie, leaving it more open, is more interesting. But to do a lot of those things, it, it does get slow. He's just it's he's saying. Like, he's not the one making the orders. Yeah. He's being told what to do because he's in the military. It's, it's just a job. He's got to get it done. Yeah. They you know. It, yeah. And, and you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's a deadly virus. They He's got to get it contained. So, I mean, it's a, it's a rough job to do. And, I mean, at that respect, like Romero trying to show, like, the dehumanizing that can happen in this sort of event. Like, that's all interesting. Yeah. But that that's another yeah. real problem the movie has. It's trying to do, like, a thousand things. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> like, Romero's, like, spinning <laughs> plates here. And that's one thing that we see the remake get right. I was going to say, I do love the the scene with the burning bodies and the the military, like, stealing all the people's belongings and money. I think that's a really <laughs> raw scene. Yeah, yeah. And it shows what people are doing in this type of situation, what people would do, even if this hit wider. Yeah, yeah. It would look more global. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that is a great moment. Like there, you just you, you just see that Romeo's so good at that. Yeah, he's really great about showing us the shittiness so, of humanity. Yeah, in just a, a really simple way. <laughs> like there's a nice scene in Dawn of the Dead where there's just hunters out there making like sport of trying to kill the zombies, and it just says so much about us because like yeah, that probably happened. You know, like the, when I see that, like <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I could imagine it. Like I mean, hell, I know people that would go out and do that. You know, even though that might not be the most effective way, you know, that, that's just who we are. Like Romero kind of nails us at times. I do believe that I will watch the movie again just for one day when I can just watch and and concentrate and, and read more into it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I think it's a movie that like you can get a little bit more out of rewatching it, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch it again. Like when I watched it the first time, you know, like I said, I had to take a nap. And the second time I was able to stay awake, you know, I'm, I'm going, well, I had my homework. I do my homework. I didn't want to let you guys down. Yeah, I'm glad you did. Hey, listen, it's okay to nap during a movie. It happens sometimes. Yeah. yeah I, I fell asleep during the rock the other day and I love that movie. Uh, sometimes you just feel a nap. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was filmed in Evans, Evans City and Conoconessing, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that was a hard word to say. Yeah, well, Kono, it was good on you. Conoconessing. Many of the extras were locals, and the and the white suited soldiers were high school students. Oh, hmm. yeah, interesting. Hey, that's that's how you use a budget, right there. You're like, hey, you want to be in a movie? Yeah, I guess we'll get this heavy suit on. Let's go out in the sun for twelve hours. The burning go. Ha- the burning house at the beginning of the movie was serendipity. The local fire department was burning down an old house to practice. They agreed to let the filmmakers film in it. I did read that part. Yeah, I Sounds do. Like I it. do really like that opening scene. You know, I know we yeah. talked about it a little bit earlier, but I like yeah, the way the movie just kind of hits you in the face with the theme of it. Like these kids just having to watch their father go crazy. Yeah, that part was a little shocking. You know, I was like, wow. Oh, we starting big, aren't we? Yeah. Like, let's kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it's a great opening. It really grabs your attention. And I think it opens uh, actually a little bit stronger than the, the remake does. Yeah. You know, like I said, the movie's just uneven from trying to carry way too much stuff. And also, George Romero, you know, the the big thing about a low budget? Actors. Yeah. Like, the acting in this movie is is pretty suspect. You know? <laughs> the, 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 I mean, and I'm I'm trying to be nice. And there, there's a couple of, there's a couple <laughs> of actors who get reused in a few later Romero movies. Dr. Watt, who is the doctor who makes the, I guess, the vaccine and who dies. He's in Dawn of the Dead. He's one of the doctors on TV trying to basically playing the same part. 
uh, basically, you know, when the world's ending, he's trying to convince people to like conserve and shit like that, but it doesn't matter. But he's in that movie and the guy who fucks his daughter, he's the demented doctor in Day of the Dead. Ah. The one who oh. bonds with the zombie. So those are the only two kind of performances. Oh, and the daughter is Scream Queen um, Lynn Lowry, who's also in the remake. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what's her name, but I did not know she was Scream Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's in a couple other movies, a couple of the early Cronenberg movies. She's in Shivers, and she's good there. She's she's in this movie, I guess. You know, she's Wait, she so has that memorable she, death. Is she infected when they shot her with? The, yeah. Like, did they? Okay. I I didn't know if she was or she just gone crazy because her dad raped her. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, well. Well, like it could go either way. Really, that's the thing about being crazy. Like you just don't know if you're just reacting to a a traumatic event or if you've got this fucking disease. Yeah. So he was obviously infected, or he just took this moment to. And that's that's one thing I do like in this one is that they're crazy. In the other film, there's like zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Like they 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 have a little bit of consciousness left, but they're mostly like rage creatures. But in this one, like they're just crazy because people are attacking other people, but some there's some bitch out there just sweeping up the grass outside while all this shit's going down. So they're just insane. Yeah. Not so necessarily all murderous. Yeah. Yeah. Like some people are just gonna laugh and sit in traffic and stuff like that. You know, that's it. <laughs> you know, I mean that's all that's all they're you know, they're they're just gonna you know, take take a bath out in the lawn. You know, that's that's all that's gonna happen to them. But dad ends up killing himself and actually Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of weird. But I guess that's the way. Uh, well, I think the, they do mention even early on that like they have moments of lucidity. So that's like what that could have been. Like he just yeah, realized he what just the hell realized he, done. he couldn't live with it. He almost. Yeah. The same thing with the father, like weeping Ugh. in the car in the beginning when he, he yeah, had a few moments yeah. of clarity. And then later he's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> How do y'all feel about the ending of this movie? It's a great um, sense of well, hopelessness, I think. Because it, it's just going to continue on. The guy's got to go do the same job somewhere else where there's going to be more chaos and death and destruction. I mean, I think it's a far more downbeat ending than the the reboot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really I like do. It. Yeah. I like the ending. I was like, I mean, the the nice guy got away to yeah. go to the next job. <laughs> but yeah, it didn't bother me. I was I was happy with it. You know, that scene was the only time they had trouble with the residents of that town. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was a naked black guy in the middle of the street with a giant light oh, above him and the, a wind machine to simulate the helicopter. Oh, wow. Yeah, I read I read that part in the yeah. trivia. Yeah, no, I heard <laughs> that. That was one I remember from the commentary track years ago. So I remember, I remember the story. You remember the town pretty fondly, but that was the only issue they had about, about that. So, Which I, I guess in, in 1971 or 72 America, I suppose I can understand. Like what? Is going on exactly here. right. <laughs> well, the only other things that I have about this movie is the budget was two hundred seventy-five thousand. It's Romero's first union movie. It only grows to one hundred forty-three thousand, which Romero was very sore about. Yeah, very sore. They, they that's not this anything. And then uh, the movie has two cameos by Romero. Can you guess where they are? Uh, He's in one of the suits. Uh, I know that. Man, I don't know. I remember. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, Tell me. Damn it! I didn't know there would be questions. <laughs> no, she added quizzes this time. All right. Uh, first is a local. <laughs> first is a local being uh, hoarded into a, the high school. The second as the head of the president seen on a monitor. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I never would have guessed. That's funny, though. I do like him being the president. That's kind of cool. Well, do, do we have anything else we want to add about this movie before we move on to the next one? I think we've discussed it thoroughly. I, I mean, I'm sure there's other big deep dives of this movie, but, uh, I, you know, listen, I recommend it. It's If you enjoy older kind of movies like this or kind of cult cinema from the 70s, you're probably going to find a lot to dig in this film. If you don't, yeah, beware. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I can get some enjoyment out of it, I think pretty much anybody can find some enjoyment in it. All right. And I did. Now we have The Crazies 2010. I don't care what the calendar says. Opening day. That's the first day of spring. What's that? 
What the hell are you doing? Rory, you lay that gun down. David, you did the right thing. Would you mind taking a look at Bill? Sure, what's wrong? I don't know, he's just not right. She worries too much, I'm fine. You got any plans this weekend? She worries too much, I'm fine. Man, I really hate to heap so much praise on something this early, but it's really one of the better reboots that's ever been done for a horror movie because it fixes a ton of the problems at, at the at the script level with the first movie by focusing the narrative and really just cutting the fat away from the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's truly a gritty reboot. Yeah, this absolutely is one of those absolute gritty reboot. And like I said, the, the script is very good. Like the, what they choose to focus on was a really good idea. It I worked out very well. Is he dead? Well, I'm gonna tell you. Um, I actually came across this movie a few years back on something streaming. I can't remember what it was, and I had no idea it was a remake at all. I just was like, oh, they're crazy. Let's watch it. And I really liked it. I thought, you know, this is great. So when you informed me there was an old one, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, um, I, and that's the thing. I think when this movie came out, the reviews were okay, I think. I think they were above average. I'm not real certain, but I just didn't check it out. I I'd liked the original film and I, I wasn't too interested in the Hollywood remake. Even though I did like Timothy Oliphant, and I don't want this to be like a Timothy Oliphant oh, thirst yeah. section, all right? But I, I, I was a fan of his. But he is, he is very handsome. He's, he's a he's a pretty feller. Yeah, the whole end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he um and, and you know he, he's good here, but I, I missed the movie when it came out. When I watched it on video, I was like, dude, this is really good. And I've been singing his praises ever since because it's kind of forgotten. It didn't really get a sequel. I think it just did okay at the box office. So, you know, I, you kind of have to champion this movie because it, it's still not incredibly well known, which is kind of sad. Yeah, because, it, man, it's a good movie. Like, sit down, have a movie night, watch The Crazies. Yeah. The 2010 with Two, the handsome guy. 2010 with handsome boy. With handsome boy. That's the tagline. <laughs> 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 All right. So this movie starts at a baseball game. We have a guy named Rory. He, uh... He takes a gun and he comes onto the field and that's where Timothy Oliphant's character, I can't remember his name, but I remember the, the Rory guy's name. Bill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody remembered any character names. Yeah. Movie. He goes and tries to disarm him and he just doesn't listen and he eventually raises the gun at him and Timothy Oliphant has to kill him. And that starts the strangeness that starts in the town. And then people are kind of uh, acting strange all over the place. I like that sequence at the baseball field and how it builds. Yeah. Because it's a nice way to introduce how, how the disease kind of works and what it does to people. It's standard horror stuff. You take a normal everyday scene and then you add something extreme into it. And the way the movie does it, it is really well done. The scene builds up tension nicely and you has to take that shot. And, and the way Oliphant plays it is a guy who didn't want to take that shot. Yeah. He had to. Like It's very easy to identify with Oliphant in this movie. Very easy. Yeah. And that, that sets it off. David is his name, by the way. Then we have some real uneasy moments with the, the family on the farm where the the father is out in the shed and he's acting real strange. He turns on the, the combine. So, yeah, they had faux Amy Adams. As yeah. The mother, right? That woman looked incredibly like a young Amy Adams. Yeah. So they, they have her there and, and she goes out to... You know, because the, what's it, like a big tractor? Combine. Combine? Combine? Yeah. Combine. So, so, yeah, the blades on that thing are spinning. I like how she's yelling right in front of it. The movie kind of teases you that he's going to run over. He's going to run her over. Yeah, you don't get that at all. She goes inside, turn off, he's not there. And that's when you hear the scream from inside the house. And I I like the way that whole scene plays out with, you know, the the dad locking them in and then laying down the kerosene. Yeah. And then he just lights the match. You don't see anything after that. Yeah, they just leaves it to your imagination. And you can tell by like the horror on Oliphant's face and what it really is. You just see the burning of it and him just, you know, out of it. Yeah. And it's really good. It's really well done. It is. This movie uh, is much more focused than the original movie, mm. which I thought was interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, th- this is that time, you know, in, in the 2010s and stuff like that, there was a lot of horror remakes of the time, and, and zombies w- were pretty hot. So it was nice to see that this wasn't like some sort of cheap cash grab, where they either took like a completely unrelated story, but they, they really tried to remake the original movie. And I, I appreciate that, because in this era, you know, there was a lot of sloppy work done, a lot of lazy remakes, and th- this really wasn't one. They kept the same name for the virus, right? Trixie, yeah. Trixie. Mm-hmm. And was it water contamination? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But this movie does take place in a different spot. It does, yeah. Well, Romero is, is uh, he always shot in Pennsylvania. According to low budget filmmaking, you shoot where you live. So this, I forget what this movie, <laughs> this movie was it? Iowa. Iowa, Iowa. That's right. Yeah, because they're in the middle of the cornfield. What did y'all think about the cast? We already kind of talked about Timothy Oliphant, but what did you think about his his love? Was it Roger Mitchell? I can't remember her name. Yeah, she was in Pitch Black. I've always liked her. I'm a fan of hers, actually. I don't think she has great chemistry with Oliphant, but, you know, she's not bad in this movie at all. But to, to me, I think, like... I thought they were great together. Really? Yeah. It's not that I just strictly dislike it. I just don't feel like they like they were a couple or something like that. It just never really worked for me. I've seen Oliphant have effortless chemistry with a lot of people, and for some reason it kind of wasn't there with her. I guess I guess it's more because I'm an Oliphant fan. I guess I've seen him click with actresses better, you know. Maybe so. Yeah, all those scenes that justified are catching up to me. Maybe I'm the one thirsting for Oliphant. Is that what's happening? You've always been a big fan of Oliphant. Don't make me question my sexuality, Timmy. Don't make me do it. Don't. I called it Timmy. It's already begun. I bet he'd call you Pete. (laughs) Call me what he wants. What? (laughs) Uh. What other characters are? Oh, you know. You know what? I got to mention Joe Anderson. He's the deputy. Oh, yeah. His performance is really fucking good. He has to really subtly go from being the deputy, backing up his friend no matter what, and letting the anger and fear of the situation get to him, and then letting the disease kind of emerge. And it's a really great performance in that, because there's no like clear mark when he's truly showing off that he's infected. It's such a gradual change throughout the whole movie from him. It's really impressive work. It might be one of my favorite, a character in the movie turns into a zombie scene in, in all of like zombie movies. It's really well done the way he slowly does completely give in to being crazy. Yeah. I, I, I have to commend his work and it's a shame. I never saw him in more stuff. The military in this movie is a lot different than the original movie. The military is kind of like a, an aid almost. It's not a bad in- entity in this movie. It's a bad entity. Yeah, they're definitely yeah. portrayed as a bad guy. Yeah, they're like killing people left and right. Yeah, well, in 2010, it's a lot more in vogue and certainly more popular to distrust the government. And that shows off how easily in this narrative, they say, like, okay, well, the government's clearly the bad guy here. We're not going to even, I mean, because they don't have a narrative, really. You don't, you don't hear them say anything until later in the movie. When they capture one of the guys and he's like, you know, 18 years old, an 18 year old soldier. And he does no idea what's going on. It's just as scared as they are. So that doesn't help them. And also later in the film, when they capture that one guy with the tire spikes, Glenn Morshower, by the way. Yeah. Great character actor from 24. And from him, you just really get the idea of like, we fucked up. That's it. This is horrible. <laughs> There's nothing we can do. We're just trying to get rid of the situation and make yeah. sure this shit doesn't spread. Do you feel, because this is a 37-year difference. Yeah. Movies. Do you think the views in the military in that 37 years have changed or just the way people care to portray them? Yeah, definitely. I, I think I think definitely. Because, yeah, obviously people did were distrustful after, like, Vietnam. And, you know, I mean, a lot of 70s horror shows that off. And I think over the years, we've only grown more distrustful of the military. I, I, that, that trend is, you know, even now it's, it's only getting worse. We're way more distrustful of the government now than we've ever been. It's a good point. Oh yeah. Yeah. Way like more. It. And, it, and you can clearly see that in the way that the movie chooses to tell the story. Yeah. That's what, that's how I feel about it. Like watching the old one compared to the new one and how the diff, the difference in how that, that part is portrayed. Like just, there was no nice guy. And still, this remake does try to do 
a little bit of that work by trying to stress these are just guys doing a job. Mm-hmm. It's really, because like, even in the original movie, there's suits up at the top who are fucking everything up. And it, it's the same thing here, too. Like, there's there's orders coming in they have to follow because it just has to get done. That's the job. You know, so, I mean, it, it is one of those things. They're just trying to turbo speed through that same kind of narrative. So it's not as effective here, but it is still here. Yep. Each actor who was transformed into the crazy had to sit in the makeup chair for three hours. That doesn't okay. seem that bad. That no. doesn't seem that bad. I had to sit three hours getting makeup done like a drag queen. Oh, really? <laughs> awesome. Yes, it was terrible. No, <laughs> no, no. no. I, I, got, I got painted uh, blue once. I got painted blue oh, in my upper torso, and that, and that took like three and a half hours. Damn. Okay. That, yeah, that took a ton of time because I was like, oh, they're just spreading on. But I mean, it has to, I mean, you can't see the skin through, so it has to be thick, but not like a coat of paint on me. So yeah, because your pores have y- to breathe. Yeah, it had to be finally done. So it it, it did. It took a long time. It really took a huh. long time. Pedro, why were they painting you blue? <laughs> yeah, why were they painting you blue? I was at a friend's movie, and they needed somebody to play the alien, and that's oh, what I was doing. Cook- <laughs> yeah, so that's what it was. They said, "Well, we have to paint you blue," and I was like. I was like, I'll sign up for that without really thinking it through. And then I was sitting there while they were just painting me blue. And they even cut that scene out of the movie. So I'm not even in there. I did it for nothing. Ding dong. Yeah. Damn it. I'd like to see that. (laughs) There's an old iPhone around here somewhere with that picture on it. Nice. Okay. So you remember the, the, in the cell with the crazy guy? Yeah. And there's a bunch of writing behind him. Did y'all ever pay attention to what the writing on the back of the wall said? I did not. The graffiti on the jail cell wall spells out Romero. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't get that's a that's a good little trivia there. <laughs> I, I like that. That's a good fact. That's I, I wanted, yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk about was I, I like that in this movie, the characters on the ground know more about what's going on, or at least Oliphant does because he's the sheriff. Yeah. And that was a good decision to swap fireman for sheriff because as a sheriff law enforcement, you're going to be a lot more likely to know more about the situation. Yeah. And like like how they find the plane, I think it's pretty cool. Them just out there on the... Yeah, it's a good shot. Yeah, yeah. As the You see like the, the crane come up or the, the drone come up and you can see the, the plane just down underneath there. And then immediately like things shift into high gear. Who directed this? This is actually directed by Breck Eisner. He's the son of mega agent and former head of Disney, Michael Eisner. So he is Mr. Nepotism. And I really, really dislike most of his movies, except this one. Nepo baby. We have a good friend, Ricky, and he is a huge fan of Clive Cussler. Yeah. And his work. And anyway, Breck Eisner adapted Sahara, one of Clive Cussler's most famous works. And it's a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. And it's great because, like, Ricky is the most laid-back, chill guy in the world. But he gets how I get when someone talks about Dragon Ball Evolution when Sahara came on TV. Like, he just <laughs> talked about everything that was wrong with it. And it was a nice moment because I was like, anybody can be a nerd. Yeah. It's something. Everybody's a nerd about something. Ricky likes to read. It is true. Oh, he, yeah. does, he does like to read, yeah. Okay. So, talking about favorite scenes... One of my favorite scenes is the all the women are strapped to the beds. Yes. And the guy takes the he's running in there, the infected was running in there with a pitchfork. The scraping on the ground. The scraping on the ground. And he's yep. like slowly killing people. <laughs> She's trapped in there with some of the girls are already going crazy because they're twitching and some are just laughing, even like before the pitchfork goes in. That scene is so well done. I, the way it builds tension, yeah, like it really does. It has you on the edge of your seat. It's so good. It feels hopeless too. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that's a nightmare situation to be trapped in a room with a psycho when you're strapped to a bed and a pitchfork. Yeah, I know that. I mean, because it's not sharp. He's shoving that in you to kill you. That's got to hurt like hell, and that won't kill you that that quickly. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Is the virus's lifespan less in this movie than the original? Yeah, people seem to die pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, within 72 hours, you're dead. I think 72 hours is what they said, two days. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'll, you'll either show symptoms, and once you're shown symptoms, you have a day, and that's about it. So yeah. I, I guess that's one thing. Age. Yeah. And then you're like, meh, dead. <laughs> I'm done killing. Kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> What do y'all think the military's agenda was? 
Well, I mean, just to contain everything at any cost. Cause they, well, that's the thing that the military knew how dangerous the shit was. They really did. And they created it. Yeah. So they were making one half-assed attempt to not use a nuke, but like, you know, there's a scene somewhere they didn't show you where some guys like, listen, we should just nuke this town. Like right from the very start. Like the second they heard the plane went down, they're like, nuke it. You know, but they, this was like their half-assed attempt to try to contain it. Cause you even hear that at the end, like they're, when they capture that soldier, they're rolling out because they've already fucked up and it's over. If you think about it, yeah, you obviously fight for your freedom and stuff like that. Nobody wants to be herded around by the military. But those guys who drove into the red truck at the, the quarantine camp, yeah. they got that town nuked. Because at that point, the military didn't have any control, so they had no choice. So those guys got everybody killed, even the people in town who might not have been infected. Wow. So those guys are the real assholes of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're probably going to nuke everybody. <laughs> Basically, we have the military. Then we go from there to the home of Timothy Oliphant and Raja. Is that how you say your name? Yeah, Raja Mitchell. Raja. Raja Mitchell. She goes up to her soon to be, because she's pregnant. Yeah, she is pregnant. I forgot so to mention that. That's why, she gets, that's why she's always trapped oh. there, because she has a fever, because she's pregnant. You yeah. know what? I think they have the same names because I remember in the first movie, her name was Judy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the guy in the first and movie Judy was, was, and Judy was pregnant. Yeah. So, they, I mean, they do one. carry a ton over from that movie. They really do. Yeah, they do. Good, good observation. Cause I didn't even realize that. <laughs> well, I didn't realize it either until you just said she was pregnant. I'm like, Oh shit. The other one was pregnant. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she she goes into the her baby's room, basically surprised by Rory's wife, the guy who was shot in the beginning of the movie, and his son. And Timothy Oliphant notices that she's been very quiet, and yeah. he hears the mobile going, and he goes upstairs to check on her. And that's when you get this moment where he realizes he gets hit in the head, he, he falls to the ground. And, a lot of concussions in this movie. Yeah, he yeah. gets his, his like 18th concussion. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. And you have another moment of tension where you have the infected going after Timothy Oliphant and Raja, and they have to find their way out of it. The fight with the, the guy's wife and son, it was okay, but one of the moments I didn't like was when he's reaching for his gun, she stabs his hand, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But then he stabs her with the blade, yeah. And I was like, but now you're infected. Oh. oh, yeah. There's no way that could happen and you wouldn't get infected. What do you do? Just snap the blade off of the middle of his hand? Oh, yeah. If he pulled it out, his her blood would get in his wound and he would be infected. Oh. And it, it, it's just an element they don't really cover because the, the movie's pretty adamant that, that David isn't sick. Um, even though apparently there was an alternate ending. I don't know if they ever shot it, but I do know they, they had one where oh. David was supposed to get sick. But I, I like I said, I don't believe they even shot it. So I've never seen it. I think I only, I, I only heard about it from an interview that I read with Breck Eisner. Okay. Nice. So the, the movie kind of ends at this, this big truck stop scene. You, you got the, the guys in the red truck that come up again. The hunters, yeah. Yeah, the hunters. Yeah, I do like that. Now now they hunt man, the deadliest game. They're having a good old time hunting man. Yeah, they, they really are. There's different levels of crazy in this movie. Like, a lot well, of the crazy can't... Why does that make me think of Referio, Texas and some good old boys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah. Definitely people can definitely do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You have to really, really worry about that. Coming from a small town, we really identify with some of the themes in this movie. Yeah. You know, like, knowing everybody... Like, that's something, like, I have to explain that to people who grew up here in the city. Like, no, I mean, you really knew who everyone is in town. And the town yep. in this movie is bigger than, than Referio is. Okay. Yeah, because I think it's, like, like 5,000 people? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, how, and I, 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 the original remake, it was 3,336 or some shit. Yeah. Cool. So they are talking small. about how many survived. Very small, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can relate in the sense of small town Oh shit! There's Coach Herring. Shoot him! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I buy my donuts from that guy. As you stab him with yeah. a, <laughs> as you stab him with no a screwdriver. No more donuts. Yeah. No more. 
The movie ends with the giant bomb blasting off a city. I do. I I like that. The countdown's pretty cool when they they hear it on the radio. Yeah. What do y'all think the widespread impacts would have happened as a result of a bombing of a city from existence? uh, That's a pretty tough thing to cover up. Yeah. A real tough thing to cover up. Yeah. Like, what do you think would happen? You wouldn't be able to go there for a while because of radiation. Something in the town exploded. That's what they would say. Something, a gas line exploded and it it blew up the whole town. Freak accident. Yeah. Yeah. You try to write it off as that, but yeah, you're right. You have to completely restrict all access to it for for years because you you tried to nuke away that. And then at the end of the day, as the movie ends, we discover they have to nuke Cedar Rapids too. They pretty much just nuke the the state in the middle of nowhere i can understand but say a place like here where we're from 77 goes right through the town that would be real hard to do yeah yeah you know, yeah that, that, directing, that'd be a big deal. which maybe has saved us from nuclear explosions so, i don't know there you go the government, <laughs> the government couldn't cover it up no nope, they'd be they interrupting they, they'd be disturbing the economy they can't do that they can't slow down yeah. those trucks no. <laughs> yeah. That shit's got to move no matter what. That old Going police <laughs> That old police <laughs> car they go to get that is a 1973 Ford LTD. The year the original movie was released. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Oh, uh, by the way, when Oliphant or David is starting to get wind that there's something strange happening in the town, he walks down the street and the city's kind of deserted. Mm-hmm. There's one woman kind of riding a bicycle. Yes. That's Lynn Lowry. I know. Yeah, because, hey, listen, I know that fact, so I, that, that belongs to me, lady. Ah! Yeah, I, ha- I had that right I'm now. the king of facts. I was there. Oh. I saw it. Okay. Oh, Lord. You know we were. <laughs> Anyways, back to my facts. <laughs> <laughs> this is a 12th film released in select D-Box-enabled cinemas. Now, I didn't know what D-Box meant, so I looked it up. It's motion-controlled technology that adds to the movie's plot and fear, terror, and explosive action by offering realistic sensations during most of the film action scenes. So it's just shaking you. Yeah, it's one of those things where you get in and it's like immersive and it moves with... Bouncing you up and down. Yeah, and like sprays water in your face. And um, That's just see, what I wanted. the aquarium here, they call it 4D or some shit. 5D, yeah. 5D theater. I like... That's pretty awesome. This is what I want to do. I want to go see a zombie movie while the theater spits in my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I would enjoy fun. that. Please jostle me, theater. And let, let me enjoy <laughs> dude, my popcorn while shaking. Dude, j- jump scares. I am like the biggest, scariest motherfucker when it comes to jump scares. <laughs> like, oh, and even in the aquarium, they do like a little jump scare at the bottom of your foot. Like the, like when a snake comes out or something in it touches your ankles and I'm like ah like so i could not only imagine a zombie or this type movie and in that yeah. environment like it'd be pretty exciting i might pee myself <laughs> you would have you loved uh the tingler back in the day you ever heard of that movie <laughs> i was like oh lord i've heard of something called that but it was not a movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, it was, it was an old Vincent Price movie, and that was the gimmick. What they do is the, the the tingler would would kill people by crawling up their back, and it would like tickle them on the way up. What? And, and so, yeah, went for it took oh, you. Oh, that would be crazy. So what they did is they'd put like vibrators in the bottom of the seats, mm-hmm. and they would turn them on midway through the movie, so people would think the tingler was on them. Yeah. <laughs> and so they'd get up, and go, oh god, and run around and freak out. So that was literally the first test run of that kind of concept all the way back in the 60s hmm. before oh, they yeah. in some cool. theaters they had movies where they had skeletons on ropes that they would move throughout the theater oh wow yeah yeah it's an idea they had for a crazy. long time all right well i feel like it hasn't evolved as much as it should i'm like no because it's, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's a shit idea that's why it's a shit idea i guess my I would. I don't know. Are are you, are you the the one fan out there for the the real D cinema experience? Do you yes. Just, so you're telling me you you really okay. 
Well, there, I, there I, are I, fans of things I, well, like that's that. Fine. There, I'll, I'll look for one, and we'll go see a movie there, so we can both be jostled together. As we watch. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll watch Avatar while we get dipped underwater and have to hold our <laughs> breaths for minutes at a time. <laughs> well, it's so cool because at the aquarium, like when you go under the water, like they they have bubble machines and they like fill up the theater with bubbles. And oh, oh, that's neat. maybe I'm just a child at heart i don't know <laughs> i'm a bitter old man don't shake me Your when heart. i watch a movie <laughs> don't throw bubbles on me yeah no one even look at me during the, the process of this film <laughs> that's funny well the last yeah. fact that i have it on me is about elizabeth banks oh and how does she relate to this movie you ask she turned down a role in this movie because she thought it was too similar to her character in slither I like that movie better than this one. That character's more interesting mm-hmm. in Slither. So, but it is a similar kind of idea. So, you don't want to be in like back to back zombie movies. Typecast. Yeah, it only worked out for Will Smith when he did like two Alien movies back to back. You know, Independence Day and Men in Black, the biggest movies of the year. But otherwise, like once you do two movies like that, then you're the zombie girl. Yep. All right. Do, so, do we have anything else we want to say about this movie? I re- I recommend people watch it if they haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah this, this is good. one of the remakes you, you really should watch. I, I give us a really, really high recommendation. It's a very well-made film, a lot of good scares in it. Acting's really solid all the way through. I mean, there's, I mean, it's, it's like a solid 9 out of 10 for me. I mean, yeah. it's a really, it's a just a movie. damn good movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I concur. Mm. All right. So what are y'all doing the rest of the night? <laughs> well, we're going to finish up this show with our reviews. Well, yeah. Reviews. Meredith finds the... The, the finest one-star reviews yeah. on the internet, and she tells us what the, the finest minds oh. of Letterboxd or IMDb have to say about these films. Okay. I'm ready. All Lay right. On. So, The Crazies, 1973, 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.1% one on IMDb and a 63% on Metacritic. The Crazies 2010 was 3.9 user review, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.5 IMDb and a 56% on Metacritic. And then here is a one-star review for the 1973 movie. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the remake did this better. It's not that I want a movie to be full of action. It's just full of nothing but boring dialogue. The characters are selfish and the acting consists of an amateur style that wears out its welcome quickly. Romero has given us some dandies. Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, hell, even Day of the Dead was good, but this doesn't rank among them. The gore level is pretty tame as well. The only blood that you'll see flow freely here is some messy gunshot stuff and it looks like red paint most of the time. I know this was directed to be an act as a social commentary of sorts, but even if but it even fails in that regard. I didn't feel anything after this movie was over. In fact, I was relieved. I didn't want to watch any more of it. <laughs> the most effective sequence in the movie by far is the beginning. Chilling stuff. The performances are amateurish and not really worth going over. Bottom line, I was going to say this is worth a look for curiosity's sake, but even that is pushing it. Stick to Romero's better works. Harsh. Very harsh. The guy was not a fan. Nope, no fan. Well, that is one opinion of it, but I have a word from the greatest film critic who ever lived, one Mr. Roger Ebert. So, yeah, Roger Ebert says, The Crazies was a horror action thriller about the accidental release of a biological weapon that drives the population of a small town into madness while bumbling government officials desperately try to close the Pandora's box that they themselves opened. Although this one also did not do well at the box office, the combination of dark humor and an increasingly jaundiced look at how quickly the very things that we rely on in our daily lives, family, friends, government, can fall by the wayside in a time of panic, eventually made it into a cult favorite as well. Okay. Yeah, so... Did he like it? I think so. That's literally all he says about it. He did not review it at the time. He just did a retrospective on Romero's career. Hmm. And he said a brief passage about it, where he said great things about Martin. So here is the one-star review for the 2010 movie. A murky and unnecessary remake of George Romero's Vietnam-era original that could have improved upon Romero's talky gore fest. 
but it quickly becomes a long-winded and repetitive chase without much suspense and even less originality. All too often, the music cues up and something leaps out, and so it goes and goes and goes. The film would have benefited from a slow, eerie buildup where things are gradually revealed to be off-kilter, but the film pretty much plunges into the action with minimal characterization, providing little reason to care. The script might make a decent Twilight Zone episode, but as a feature film, it becomes tiring long, long before the end. Unfortunately, the crazies waste a good premise and decent actors. You'd be crazy to waste your time and money on it. <laughs> There's not a single original or memorable moment in the entire forgettable mess. I Ooh. guess we'd be crazy then. God damn. Yeah, he really hated <laughs> You brought the hate this week on those reviews. Well, that's yeah. that's what one-star reviews are sometimes. Damn, man. You eat shit. And you're like, fuck you. Fuck you and this movie. Trying to bring. <laughs> uh, shit, those guys really hate it. Sometimes the one-star reviews, my people might be nice. They were like, nah, man, I'm going to salt the earth. That's yeah, that kind of yeah. Right there. I've come across some like that. They're just like, yeah, bad. Don't hold nothing back. Don't hold nothing nope. back. All right, so that's the crazies. I right. I enjoyed watching these two movies. I, I hope everybody else did. Yeah. Yes, I did. Even though I fell asleep on the first one, it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Naps are a precious part of life. <laughs> you don't appreciate when you're younger. When you hit a certain age, a nap is the highlight of your day. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> so. <laughs> With that being said, if you think that we're all fucking crazy, you can let us know that in the most 90s way possible, emailing us. Go hop on your AOL, hit us up at grittyrebootcast at gmail.com, and that we will respond to your queries from there. Uh, You can also uh, find us at Gritty Reboot on TikTok and Instagram as well, where I try to post daily, but I don't always, I'm not always successful at that. Yeah. Meredith, what are your socials? I don't have any fucking social. That's right. Fuck social media. Meredith does not have any yeah. social and refuses to go that way. I Even though Facebook. she does, she just won't tell you. Oh, yeah. I she have Facebook. Facebook. You can look her up on Facebook and send her a message. <laughs> she won't know what to do. <laughs> like someone's stalking me. That's what she'll think. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, what are your socials? I just do Facebook mostly, I think. So, yeah, Jennifer Regal on Facebook. I do a podcast on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah plug your show. Wednesday with Wendell. My friend and comedian friend, whatever, we did stand-up comedy together. But, yeah, we just talk about current events in Corpus Christi. (laughs) (laughs) And around. And around. And usually have, like, a guest on the show. Like, And I have crazy questions, lightning round questions. Oh, y'all got to be on there one day, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, sure, we'd love to. Absolutely. Yeah. We know, we know how to make calls on a podcast now, so it can happen. Apparently so. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're podcast geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. We appreciate yeah. you listening. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah this was great. Yeah, we, Thank we you, it. Jennifer. You're yeah. the like best. Like a high school reunion. Yeah, shit. We'll, we'll definitely have you back. We'll definitely have you back. <laughs> cool. So. <laughs> right. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. 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 Love you, girl. Love you too.